0: Hello and welcome to the Book of Lees podcast. My name is Cara and I am your host. Welcome to episode 22 of Book of Leaves. So in this episode I'm going to be chatting to Roisin McAleer who is a woman hailing from Tyrone. She is a secondary school teacher in in Terenure in Dublin and she teaches... History and English to sixth year students. So of course at the moment she's spending a lot of time at home teaching online and it's all a bit open in the air for the students at the moment. But I got in touch with Roisin because of the River Puddle campaign that she is involved with. So she has a little four year old boy. And after having him, it was then that her eyes were kind of awoken to the environment and the planet because it's not just about her anymore. She was thinking of the future of her son. So she just became more environmentally aware that way and became involved with the Cromlin cleanup group who basically every Saturday would go around rivers and parks and picking up litter in the area. And it sounds like they had a lovely little um, community vibe going on. And it was through them that uh, Roisin and the other members of the cleanup group realised that the local county council, South Dublin County Council, are currently organising to build a cement flood bank along a lot of the river puddle, especially in areas where it's already exposed and it's exposed so nature and everything is availing of it there's lots of trees and you'll hear about the wildlife that use it so this episode is talking about the river puddle, all about that and the campaign that we need your help with and we'll get to that and I'll catch you guys after for where you can find the links to the petitions and everything and hopefully you will enjoy this and find Rosine as inspiring as I did. I had lovely chats with her even after the Zoom call ended we still kept chatting for a while. So hope you guys enjoy this and stick around after and I hope you're keeping well. Roisin, thank you so much for taking some time in your quarantine time to talk to me about the river Puddle.
1: No worries. Glad to be here, Cara. Thank you.
0: No worries at all. So let's just jump straight into it for listeners, especially listeners outside of Dublin or Ireland. Can you tell us where the river Puddle flows and what kind of wildlife you'd, you'd see on it? What relies on the river Puddle?
1: Well, first of all, I live in a very small kind of a, a village on the suburbs. Well, suburbs, only two kilometres really from the city centre. It's called Kimmage. And it's one of the few parts in Dublin where the river Poddle is actually exposed. A lot of it has been culverted because of big developments. The river starts way up in a place called Tala, which is about... Five kilometers just from here so it's a really uh, small little river and it's a less well-known river the Dodder River is the big river and the Liffey is the big river that everybody knows um, in Dublin the Dod- Dodder's South Dublin as well so we're South Dublin and um, it comes from Talla a small place called Cookstown and it runs down through Rathfarnham actually through a beautiful park called Timon Park it's the second biggest park in Dublin after Phoenix Park. And then down by Kimmage, Harold's Cross, and underneath actually St. Patrick's Cathedral, and out into the Liffey and out into the Irish Sea. So it's um it's also famous. Little, it was probably more famous back in the day um, for its Viking history. And it really has been through the mill quite literally, because if you read back on its history during the industrial age, um, an awful lot of mills depended on the puddle, you know, for industry, for various industries. So today there's so little of it exposed where um, you'll have, you know, the river bank is um, full of willow trees. And in those trees now, the minute you'll see birds nesting, and it's just gorgeous because it's really starting to come to life at the minute, as birds come back home and um, there's, I go down quite often and you'll see there are two little egrets down at St. Martin's Park, which is quite near nearby and they're, they're just gorgeous, you know, little birds and I keep checking up on them that they're all right and you'll often see the heron down there as well. Um so I've been trying to take photographs on a crappy phone that don't do it any justice. And I've tried to record the sounds of um, the birds singing, you know, in the early morning. And it just, just doesn't do it any justice. But I keep plugging away because um, we have very little of this kind of nature in this part of the city. And indeed in any cities across the world, you know, it's just slowly, as Porrick Fogarty would say, being whittled away bit by bit so, I'm just plugging away to try and, I suppose, expose the gorgeousness of it on our doorstep. And I think it's really precious.
0: Oh, well, it sounds really precious indeed. Is it in more than one park? What are the different parks that the puddle touches on that people can see it exposed?
1: Um, Well, you can see it on Whitehall Road. There's a place called Kimmage Manor down there. And um, there's an old church there and it was an old um, manor as well. And there's a new development, I think, that possibly put a a lot of pressure as developments do. And, you know, for lots of reasons, there's been pressure put on the river. So you can see it there by the church. Um, And then further down, when you go down to the KCR, it's called Kimmage Crossroads. Um, there's a lesser-known park there, and it goes by Poddle Park locally, but it's actually uh, Ravensdale Park. And when you go close by the river there, you can see the ducks. You can see you can actually see squirrels as well sometimes. You see the heron. You'll see spiral hawks, you'll see all sorts, you know, of little creatures. Like We don't have an awful lot of exotic creatures, to be honest, in the first place in this country. So when, you know, when you catch a glimpse <laughs> of anything at all, it's kind of in the city around here. It's something special. And then quieter again is just about, you know, 500 metres down the road. You have a little place called St. Martin's Park and the river flows there, and that's my favourite bit, because it's quiet, and I can bring Patrick, my wee boy, he's only four, down there, and the two of us, the water's so shallow, we can get in on our waders, so I invested in a pair of waders for him, aged four, he'd probably be grown out of them in no time, but (laughs) he was so, he was like, He was so excited, you know. He used to see me in the river because I'd be trying to, you know, take the rubbish out of the river and clean it up and, you know, mind it. And he's like, "When can I get in? When can I get in?" And sure, the wellies wouldn't do, you know. It's while it's not deep, you couldn't go in in your wellies. So he was in there a couple of months ago, and it's just it's so hard now to not be able to to do those things as freely as what we were. I was looking forward to, you know, spring and the summer and getting the crowds together and having a bit of a festival, carnival atmosphere to try and again highlight and celebrate nature. But we might just have to press pause in those
0: plans. Exactly. Yeah. It's a funny time for a lot of people. But come here, the specific reason why I got you on Zoom so soon is because the puddle is actually in danger. They're talking about building flood banks. Is that the plan? Can you tell us about what what's the main kind of threat for the puddle and all the wildlife that relies on it now?
1: And the biggest concern are the hard defences that are planned, um, particularly at Ravensdale Park and St. Martin's Park. So um, there are a combination of nature-based solutions and hard defences but we really feel that the nature-based solutions or natural flood management hasn't been given due consideration. So at the, pl- the two places, the two parks that I was talking about where you'll find most wildlife, um, at the minute the tree birds are starting to nest, the trees are starting to come into leaf um, and it really is gorgeous and to think that, well in total there are, are approximately 250 trees and we think that's a conservative um, figure, actually, because when we're looking closely more closely at the plans, we think a lot more trees will have to go, so that will be along the course of the river. Um, and it's just at a time when, when we need more trees, you know, in this concrete jungle rather than cutting them down. But trees on a riverbank, especially, are so important for holding up the bank and for keeping it um, intact. So it just doesn't yeah, seem absolutely. to make any sense at all, and we are we're studying the environmental impact assessment, and we have a lot of concerns because I mean there are a number of amber and red listed birds, you know, that that have been spotted down there. So now we have the the big job of of trying to record every sighting of every, particularly the red um red alert birds, you know, so with a grey wagtail spotted a couple of days ago. So we're just appealing to the public, you know, to keep an eye out and to make a record of um of of the birds that they see. Okay. So it really does
0: sound like there's a lot of birds and unique wildlife that relies on it and they want to dig up trees to plant flood banks along the sides. Now, I mean, does the river flood that often? Is is it a huge issue that they're trying to tackle here or is it more of a convenient thing?
1: Well, who knows? I mean, flooding is definitely um, an issue and there were floods in 2011 and, uh, and there are going to be more floods. I think we have to accept that with climate change. And this year, you know, across Ireland and England, you can see that it's a growing problem. So the concerns we have are that there isn't a whole, there isn't a holistic maybe view of planning. And um, we believe that that really natural flood management starts up uh, in in you know at the upper where the, the, the rivers spring and the bogs in Ireland are so badly, have been so badly mistreated and abused you know it, it certainly has put a lot of pressure on rivers downstream and on towns downstream um, but development as well urban creek um, when you look at the amount of concrete around here I think we're all responsible you know Um, so yes floods are going to be a problem so we wouldn't deny that natural flood management is something that needs to be considered we're not saying do nothing and ignore the problem um but we just believe that there needs to be more focus on natural solutions and also you know addressing other issues around planning for example and around how we use nature elsewhere beyond the beyond our rivers rivers.
0: Yeah I mean it sounds really I don't know if the word is ironic or hypocritical that there's floods happening a lot of the time because of climate change and one of the reasons that's happening is because our lack of trees among a lot of other reasons but their solution to this is to cut down trees to put in a concrete wall like that will fix everything it's just it's an ironic kind of solution but what are the Mm -hmm. kind of would you know what these kind of natural flood management suggestions are? Have you made these suggestions to them or is the first point of protocol to stop the planning permission?
1: Um, Well, I suppose um, in the short term, our goal is to, um, I suppose, delay the the planning application and force OPW and south dublin county council and dublin city council to reconsider you know their approach um and um there are lots of experts i'm not an expert on natural flood management so i you know would be reluctant to start telling anybody what to do but i think we can sure. call in you know the experts and we have lots of them in ireland we're not short of them um, and Unfortunately, you know, the typical engineer doesn't always look at the bigger picture and, you know, isn't always cognizant of how climate issues are a really broad image, are are a really broad issue, rather. So um, there's no shortage of experts to consult, and I think that's the problem with planning in Ireland, uh, and with um, the Office of Public Works. I'm not sure that they always engage those people who are in a position, a better position than I am, to 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 be able to explain the alternatives. But I know a really simple, a simple strategy that could be brought in if there was a well is permeable um, concrete. And I didn't even know it existed, you know, till I started looking into this. But the amount of com- people are, are ripping up their gardens around here as well. So we, we all are responsible. We can't just blame, you know, the authorities or whatever. We all have a part to play. And um, People are making driveways. You know, if we had fewer cars, we would have less need for driveways. And if we had fewer driveways, we'd have more grass. And um, it stands to sense that when you have more... um grass and leafy areas and trees they are natural they'll naturally absorb excess water so you know I think we we can be very practical on a local level on a, on a personal level if there's a will but I suppose a way to to force people to 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 stop that kind of um concreting over everything is to bring in laws against it you know because at the minute Anybody can, can concrete over their their garden to create a driveway. Um, another we've got roof space as well and water butts and things like that. Well not everybody is aware in the first place, but not everybody can be bothered to actually, you know, leave out water butts or to use maybe flat roofs for, you know, gardens or for absorbing water. But there are ways around it and I think we We have to have you know acknowledge that there's a collective responsibility that the you know we all have to play our part
0: definitely, there's a lot of solutions that are easier than people may think, but also there needs to be definitely more laws and practices put in place that just take the pressure off individual change as well because a lot of it is the bigger picture for sure there's yeah, absolutely a lot that could be done but in regards to this now so the river puddle have you guys got a petition or how can the public get involved how can we help you
1: Um we do have a, a petition online and we have a twitter um, account as well which is called save the puddle wildlife sanctuary so it's just save Poddle for short Um, And our petition is there. Um, We've got hundreds of people who have signed the petition, which is all well and good. But I think um, people in Ireland um, maybe need to to think about this uh, as something, and, and across the world as, you know, rivers, all rivers affect all people. So all rivers matter and all people matter. So whether it's the Paddle River or whatever river, or, you know, you don't have to be personally attached to this river. Um, I think we need to to start raising the bar for our rivers because many of them have just been turned into drains, particularly with the, the 1945 Drainage Act, which means that our rivers can effectively be Used forgery, and so I think we need to put pressure on politicians. On our, I don't even think at council level, um, councillors have enough power. So I think we need to contact TDs, and um, I'm a member of the Green Party. So I suppose my first port of call will be to go to the Greens. But, um, their hands are tied too, and especially at the minute, you know, it's so difficult. So the more TDs, doesn't matter who you support or which party you support, if you feel strongly. About the environment and um, about people's um, reliance on nature. You know, as, when nature goes, we go. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So we need to 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 lobby our governments, and we need to join campaigns. Not just I'm not saying join our campaign because I think that's a really small-minded way of looking at it. Join Irish Wildlife. Join. Uh, Bir- Irish Birdwatch, join uh, nature um, NGOs, join Extinction Rebellion, join One Climate. You know, look up where what sort of uh, local and active and close to you, and get involved. There are lots of ways to campaign and to protest. Uh, and if there isn't something local, like just like me, you can just start it yourself. You know what's the worst that can happen? You know, it'll only be you as the one follower. So (laughs) what? You know, you're doing your bit. So I I think we're doing it for each other. I'm not just doing, I'm not obsessed. with. while it might seem like that to some people, I'm obsessed with the puddle. This is about the bigger picture. And this is about all rivers. And this is about people who rely on rivers. Where do we get our water from? (laughs) Like, you know absolutely Well so if we don't treat them right you know do onto nature what you do onto yourself really
0: yeah so i will share that petition and people need to press their tds and There are counsellors as well, and just everybody, and spread awareness amongst yourselves in regards to this. And absolutely, it's all part of the bigger picture, too. But I guess the tricky thing at the moment is because of the lockdown and coronavirus, of course, we can't get out and protest. And that does have a really good effect on spreading awareness. So that's something we're kind of losing out on. So hopefully, there will be a stay on the the planning permission who knows but aside from this did you say you did you start up the Crumlin cleanup group was that something that you uh, decided to it, do? No
1: I did I didn't actually start it it was started so I um, had moved into the area up in Kimmage and I was looking for I suppose I noticed like the litter and I noticed a few I wondered were there community groups and I wanted to connect because I was a bit of a blow-in and I knew no one and I thought that might be a way. So I, I met a lovely group of people who were very active in, you know, litter picking, but then also wanted to, um, I suppose, foster community spirit. So they were the people who actually, you know, would have there were a couple of people who have been very good about keeping an eye on what happens at council level. And you know would have actually watched council webinars just to stay abreast of local issues. So, it cropped our attention was was drawn to the puddle plans and the the hard defences for flood alleviation. When surprisingly, out of the blue, it just was mentioned at a council meeting, and we're like, what? So we were on the lookout listening for something else, can't remember what it was, probably trying to get more bins or something really trivial like that in the grand scheme of things. And then we're like, oh my God, this is major. You know, this is a whole river. This is hundreds of trees. This is wildlife. This is massive. How come our people, how come, you know, if we pay attention to what's going on politically at a local level, how come we didn't know about it? And then, sure, you can imagine, you know, most people hadn't heard of it. They didn't know what we were talking about. Yeah, and you they want to, to keep it as it.
0: quiet as possible as well, probably.
1: Well, you see, there's another problem. You know, there's a democratic issue. When public, when, when public engagement isn't allowed to happen, well, then you're disenfranchising people. And the more, particularly in working-class areas like this, where I live, the more disenfranchised people are, and they kind of then they throw their hands up to the air and say, what's the point? We're not listening to you anyway. So why would we engage?" Yeah. So there's that kind of sense of despair, and that doesn't help because we're trying to build community spirit and connection, and and rebuild our connections with nature. And um, nature provides solace. It's a place like where, uh, you know, those people who suffer or who are lonely or who have mental health issues, they can find refuge in nature. So they're they're the very people who need it the most, you know, quite often. Yeah, yeah. Well, we all do. We all do. Definitely. I think a
0: lot of us are feeling it now that once the lockdown started to kind of happen in small sections and people were flocking to the beach and the forest and now it's completely shut down. You, you realize you really do miss the outdoors and nature yeah. so hopefully I and can't wait for business
1: it, yeah. yeah I'm lucky that my son and I we have um a garden you know but not everybody even has that privilege like yeah. a garden is like a privilege these days which is a bit sad so we need shared space but also like dog walkers up in the uh puddle park Are very connected up there. They all know each other. I don't have a dog. Sometimes I wish I did because it's a great icebreaker, you know, (laughs) and they they lock their dogs off when they have a chat and they all seem to know each other, which is lovely. Really, really lovely in a world where there's so much fear about talking to strangers or, you know, looking at somebody. We need our parks because they're the places where people can you know, come together and be together, you know. So we can't start to take away the parks like and um that's a, you know it's just it's just that the the river happens to flow through two lovely parks and I and it's gonna not just destroy the river, it's gonna destroy those public amenities. So but Cara you were saying about you know during lockdown it's harder to campaign. I think we have to use this kind of these kind of forums here I think what you're doing is great and get the message out and never give up and the more sort of ordinary people like me because I'm not some you know raging activist and it's not something that I do for a living I'm just an ordinary teacher the more ordinary people who aren't experts in these things who start ranting and raving about this on social media and on Instagram and Twitter, whatever. Use your voice that way. Well, then, I mean, our politicians can't get, can't ignore us. Can't keep ignoring us. So they can ignore maybe small little or groups, you know, and go roll their eyes. There's Extinction Rebellion again. But whenever ordinary folk, you know, who start yeah. getting on board and creating a bit of a ruckus, you know, by tagging their politicians or. You know, by joining other campaigns online, I think that it'll, there'll be a surge a swell of, of campaign and like-minded coming together because we've just one common goal. It doesn't have to be whether it's a river, daughter, or the puddle or, you know, the bogs up in, in, in the forest and cavern or wherever. So much of our nature has been whittled away. It doesn't matter. We're all one you know, and we can all fight together and and a collective voice is always more influential and more powerful. So connect. I think all of our little groups all connected together um, we'd, be, we'd be mighty we'd be a force to be reckoned with
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely Rosheen, on that note I'm going to thank you so so much and I'm going to link everything that we talked about and hopefully this will reach the ears of some people and we can get more ordinary people like yourself myself out there and onto their politicians and help to save the river puddle thank you so much Roisin thanks Cara bye So I think you'll join me in saying I think Roisin should run for president or some kind of motivational speaker. She's very good with motivating you and... I felt very inspired after talking to her so you'll find all those links everything she mentioned any other groups like the Irish Wildlife Trust, Birdwatch Ireland, Extinction Rebellion they're all linked below to pages that you can find out how you can get involved with so if you click the description of this podcast and whatever you're listening to it on or if you go onto the website you'll be able to find all the links there podcast.com, and everything is linked and including the petition so I'll be be tweeting about it, I'll be sharing it on Instagram and Facebook, and hopefully, you guys will too, because this is the most important thing we need to do for the river puddle and like. Roisin said it's all part of the bigger picture we can't keep letting small things like this slide and South Dublin County Council previously is mentioned in episode 15 with Colleenis they have they're the same people who dumped a lot of silt onto the tallow wetlands due to some kind of miscommunication and they basically suffocated so much wildlife, frogs and everything. It was it was such an abundant little oasis for wildlife, and they completely made a hames of it. And it's been quite a murky kind of investigation or whatever. They're they're um I don't know what the right word is, but they're looking into it. And yeah, they previously they've said that they don't think it was they didn't think that it was a wetlands they didn't know about it when a couple of months previously they had applied for a grant because it was a wetland so who knows so we really need to keep on South Dublin County Council I know it's a tough time for a lot of reasons right now of course we have the coronavirus but we also can't let things like this slide it's really important that we need to stay on the ball. And if anything, it's given me something to do (laughs) in my free time. So we got to keep the pressure on them. So if you have time, which a lot of us hopefully do right now, is sign this petition, share it with your friends and contact your local counsellor and your local TDs and say, hey, by the way, we know you have got a lot on your plate right now, but you really need to delay, at least delay the planning for this. And hopefully we will see a result because, like Roisin said, when ordinary people get together, that's when shit gets done. Okay, I think that is everything on this episode. If you'd like to support this podcast, I do have a Patreon account, patreon.com forward slash book of leaves and there's a few options and ways you can support me there and I'm currently waiting on the emergency covid employment payment thing I don't know when I'm gonna be approved if I'm gonna be approved so I am broke right now so if you can support me in any way it would be greatly appreciated and of course share the podcast with a friend Uh, if you listen on apple Podcasts, please rate and review because that matters and yeah give us a follow on instagram and twitter and facebook book of these podcast so yeah and get in touch if you have any suggestions or if you have a campaign in your area or you know something going on and you want to give it a, a little platform please do get in touch i'd love to hear from you um i've a lot of time over the next week or so so please get in touch thank you so so much for listening and mind yourselves look after yourselves, look after each other, wash your hands. I will talk to you soon.